Thank you for joining me for another Quick Hits Conversation. I'm Dr. Robin, AKA Mental MacGyver. I provide luxury level high performance support and coaching to executives, founders, celebrities, and athletes. With me today, I have Laura Agrafiti. She is a strategy and design consultant for the health and wellness industry based in Dublin. I have Lisa McDonald. She's the founder of Career Polish, where she specializes in career management and executive presence. And I have Dr. Peter Ekonomu. With a PhD in counseling psychology, he is an executive growth consultant, Rutgers University faculty member, and the director of athletics behavioral health. The question I have for you, why is letting someone help you such a powerful connector? Lisa, kick us off. I think it's the vulnerability aspect. If you're coming to somebody and either asking for help or at least receiving, and then so letting them know that you need help, that's extremely vulnerable. And when somebody does so and they help, and I'm going to make an assumption that the help is in a, and is a positive way, that's, that's a sense of security. Mm -hmm. That's a sense of safety. So I think that from that human needs connection, that's why it's, it's such a powerful connector because there's a vulnerability and there's a safety aspect. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we're, we're communal beings, you know, so we're looking for a connection with other people and it is not easy to ask. I mean, certainly culturally. A lot of the guys I work with, they don't ask, you know, they don't ask for, they don't ask for directions, right? All of us have been in a car before where we're heading somewhere. And, you know, we have the gender stereotype that the guy will just sort of never stop to ask for questions and they don't want to ask for help. And if we can break down some of those barriers and, and realize that we are communal beings and need community, then we can be in that vulnerability that Lisa mentioned is, is critical. I agree with the uh... Lisa and Peter, I was going to also add on this that I believe it's also a tool for growth and learning. We are not supposed to do everything by ourselves and we should be able to surround ourselves with people that are better than us so we can learn from them. We, we get new ideas, new perspe perspectives, we get inspired uh, and we, we get to have such a different uh, result at the end rather than you being by yourself overwhelmed by all the tasks or uh, thoughts that you have to, to, to deal with or resolve. So I think that having people around you and being able to choose the ones that will be suitable for your needs will definitely help you be a better person and in your business and in your personal life as well. It's interesting when I work with teams, I will ask the question, if you had a problem, why wouldn't you go to your teammates? And they will say, I don't want to be a burden. And so then I'll ask, if your teammate had a problem and they came to you, would you see them as a burden? And the answer is always no, I want my teammates <laughs> to come to me. So why is there that disconnect in the human experience? I think the a core thing is, and, and this is extremely blunt, is we don't ever want to look stupid in mm -hmm. front of somebody else. It's just human nature. Um, but something I thought of is another powerful connector is when you ask for help when you already know. So for example, I'm visiting family and I have three great nephews. And so I was playing with them yesterday and the oldest one, we were, we were going through something and I was asking him for help mm. and just the beam and the smile of he gets to helping at Lisa. And so I, in a, in a professional environment, I think that's a strong connector where you, you kind of give that rope of, you know what, let me, let me help you bring this out. So I think that's another way that it's, it's a connector is if you ask somebody for help to allow them to shine, to allow mm. them to kind of come out of their shell a bit. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And Robin, when you're saying about the disconnect, it made me think of what Laura said earlier about 
keeping people smarter around you. That's such an important, that you work on emotional intelligence and humility so that you can lead and perform at your highest level and your team, you wanna have them as productive and high and intelligent as possible. And that's such a beautiful thing to remember because the, the vulnerability, all the stuff we're saying about this, this ability to ask for help and to connect means that I recognize my limitations and everyone has them. I'm also wondering, because I'm starting to see it in the sales world where they're like, oh, ask people for a favor. It seems manipulative to me. And Lisa, I love what you're saying about allow someone to shine by doing something that you already know how to do. But is it manipulative if you're doing it with the purpose of getting them to trust you so that you can sell them something? Absolutely. Mm. I think <laughs> I think everything that we do, the baseline is intent. Mm. And that is going to be the, the barometer for you know, if it's a positive interaction, if it's a negative. So yeah, in sales, that's a lot of NLP. And, you know, kind of using those things, which I'm a practitioner of. And so it's, it can be very powerful to empower people. It can be very dangerous and it can also be very manipulative. Mm -hmm. So the, the reciprocity aspect, that may be why people have a problem asking for help. They don't want to be manipulated. And they also don't want to seem like they are weak. I think that's another issue mm -hmm. as well, because People, from what I've seen and my experience, people <laughs> associate it with weakness. And uh, it's something that even myself, I've been going through this process. Uh, I was so bad at asking for help because from my experience and my cultural setting where, where I grew up, uh, I was taught that if I ask for help, I'm weak. So it was a, a whole journey for me to process and understand that I just cannot do everything by myself because because I'll uh, go into burnout, which happens so many times. And it's just a lesson in progress. And I agree that also trust issues are also something to be considered. And it results from that because being like a lone wolf, it's, it's really uh, going into the core and it's, it's breaking so many things and it's just not useful for anybody or mm -hmm. not for the community, not for your family. Yeah, because it has me thinking about stages of change. And so when you're talking about manipulation, you're thinking about motivational interviewing, getting people to want to change, listening for change behavior, looking for ambivalence. And that is what we're doing. When we're trying to make connection because mm -hmm. we're, we're often, we'll get close enough, but not too close. The way I think about it, it's not manipulative, it's guiding. I always say I'm a co-pilot and, and no plane fly, flies with one pilot, you need two. Yeah. I'm also thinking about, we've touched on it briefly and I'd like to touch it specifically. And that is if you're vulnerable and ask for help from the wrong person, it's dangerous and even bad. How do you know who I can trust to say, Hey, I really need help. I got to get to this because this is gut. It's your enteric nervous system and your ability to connect with how people make you feel. That's how you know. I agree with you. And I think that in order to do so, it takes time and you have to build relationships on that to be able to ask. And I think that's why it's difficult for people to ask for help. Another reason is because they don't know if they can trust you yet or not. Mm -hmm. It's just them building that trust mm -hmm. because as she said, sometimes it's a cultural, and I think that's another great point. Cultural aspects plays a great influence on that ability as well. I, so <laughs> thinking about kind of what it takes to be able to trust someone and ask for help. One of the things that I've had to learn is when someone shows you that they aren't trustworthy, that they'll use your vulnerability against you, mm. you have to believe them. 
And I can't tell you how many times I've gone back to someone who I should be able to trust because I should be able to trust them. And they've proven over and over, I can't. Like how many times do I have to be smacked before I realize, okay, not a good place to go. That's such a primal thing is the, the difference between what we want to believe about somebody and what they're showing us. Yeah, we do a lot of that in behaviorism where, the, first of all, let's identify the cognitive distortion, the should statement. You know, so anything we're shoulding, Ellis would say you're shoulding all over each other. You, they observe what you observe. You, you can't observe the potential, which is beautiful. It's nice to see potential, and to, but the reality is what it is. And so being able to truly see what things are is the biggest goal. Trust what you see, not what you hear. Mm-hmm. I've I asked clients, I understand what you want this to be. Yes. But is that what it actually is? Yeah. And that's true, whether it's a business or your relationship with someone, like what is actually, what's the reality and versus what you're making up and what you want it to be. I I always say that feelings are not facts. And (laughs) it's something that it's like a reminder to me because I tend to project a, a lot my beliefs and everything that I've been through. And I find myself in situations that uh, I'm attracted to certain people because they bring up that comfort zone that wasn't unnecessarily healthy, but mm-hmm. my brain perceives it as healthy. Like uh, Dr. Robin said, then I, I find myself in a situation that I know it's not good, but I keep c- c- coming back. So mm-hmm. at some point I need to draw the line and just remind myself, okay, what's real, what's not. And then I have to remind, remember Feelings are not facts. It's a bumper sticker. That's a great bumper sticker. We need that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Feelings are not facts. And the hell I know doesn't mean it's a good place to be. <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. Well, y'all, that is our 10 minutes. So thank you so much for having this conversation with me. And I look forward to speaking to each of you again very soon.